Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Liberty and the Law, the podcast series that examines the critical elements of a strong legal defense in criminal cases. Join respected attorney James Dore for this lively discussion on the rights of criminal defendants and the important role defense attorneys play in our legal system. Calendar year uh, 2019 seems to just be flying by, and while it's been a few weeks since we last visited here on Liberty and the Law, it seems a bit longer, so I'm, I'm kind of glad to get back with you again and have another conversation. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell, and it's uh, my pleasure, as always, to welcome back to this podcast Lavelle Law Attorney James Dore. James is a uh, respected criminal defense attorney who very graciously shares his time with us each month to talk about our judicial system. Now, in some instances, we might discuss specific uh, cases that have recently been heard or maybe pending in the court system. And on other occasions, we'll talk about various aspects of the law. And today, we will do the latter. We're going to turn our attention to a term that I think most people know, the statute of limitations. But uh, let's learn a little bit more about it. So, James, good afternoon. It's been a while, so I'm, I'm glad to have the chance to talk with you. Hey, Jim. How are you doing? It's good to be back on. And we're going to hit a topic here I think is interesting, but maybe not the 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 you know the the best topic or hottest topic out there, but uh, it's certainly a standard and something we should put some attention to. I think so. Um, yeah, I, I like the way it came up too. When one of your colleagues had mentioned it to you and had a question about it, and it kind of sparked both of our interests. It's a fairly recognizable term, I mean one that many people we use casually outside of legal discussions, maybe negotiating uh, with a spouse or someone, but uh, in the legal sense, it does have some relevance. You know, what, what's the origin? I mean, I assume by name it's a statute, but um, where did this come from? Well, it's really a common law concept, so anything that relates back to our common law legal heritage is where this would derive from originally. And basically, it's, it's a, a time limit or a time frame in which uh, to initiate legal proceedings. So there could be statutes of limitation in civil areas and criminal areas. And basically those are common law principles with which to initiate legal proceedings in, in either criminal or civil cases. And what's, what's the purpose? Why, why would someone stop and think, hey, we should really put a limit on this? What, what's the purpose within the legal system, as you reference? Well, looking at the, at the, the, the moving party in, in proceedings, bears the burden of proof. So in a civil case, that moving party is known as a plaintiff. In a criminal case, that party is known as a prosecutor. And both cases, the defendant still known as a defendant. So we're looking at this is a, a concept, statute of limitations, that's there to protect the fairness of process and protect defendants from old or stale claims um, coming about. So when you ask the question about why do we have statute of limitations, it comes down to, what kind of claim are we talking about? Now, in a civil claim, that could be, and, it, and it's also the same, same could be in, in true in criminal cases, but in a civil case, um, you know, a plaintiff should be acting diligently in proving or, or pursuing claims, and delay in pursuing claims may lead to a defendant having a, a weaker uh, case or weaker, less of an opportunity to defend himself. So um, in cases where we're talking criminal cases where a prosecutor Sits on, sits on a case and doesn't prosecute right away, there could be defenses that, that, that lie dormant and, and, and may not be able to be raised later on, you know, like, say, uh, alibi defenses. If we're trying to pinpoint witnesses who may have seen something, as time passes, it's harder to find those witnesses, and evidence can become stale. So essentially, you're trying to litigate 
as fast as possible claims so they don't become stale. And I think that's really the the, the goal behind that is, is fairness of process and fairness to the defendant in, uh, in being able to answer these claims. Now, again, the term sort of refers to that period of time, some expiration before which charges can be brought. Is is there a standard? Is there a, is the statute of limitations always X period of time, or does it vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction or from charge to charge or both? Yeah, uh, all of the above. Um, we're talking about Illinois primarily here, but each individual jurisdiction would have a statute of limitations, and it would be it, it, uh, published or, or, or by statute, by legislative uh, action, um, it would be part of whatever the code is. So if there's a civil, you're talking civil area, you'll be able to look in, up your civil code of procedure and find out what statutes of limitations are for filing certain claims. You know, like a personal injury claim, you'd want to know what that is because if you don't file it on time, you lose your ability to pursue that in court. Okay. So mm-hmm. same thing would apply in a criminal sense, say in, in Illinois, to a, a prosecutor. If a prosecutor doesn't initiate the action fast enough, um, potentially that case could be dismissed. So generally we're looking at, in terms of misdemeanors, uh, 18 months with which a prosecutor can bring the claim, and felonies are generally three years, but, and it's always with lawyers you have these, but there's the exception. There's some, sometimes there is no statute of limitation, and sometimes, you know, so, and sometimes there's longer periods by, by statute. So, um, but those are the general, you know, what uh, timeframes for bringing certain actions. So let's let's talk about that, that exception piece of it, and we, we try and kind of stay on the, the main road yeah. here in our conversations. But as you mentioned, there are exceptions. So I assume that there are some, perhaps the more serious uh, felonies, in which there is a longer or no uh, statute of limitations. Is that right? Right. I think that in general, the trend would be, or the the, the would be that uh, the more serious the cause of action, the more time is allowed to with which to bring that action. So that's why when I said the misdemeanors are 18 months, and, and generally felonies are three years, there's some that have no statute of limitation, and this would be because there's public policy um, reasons where you know, say first or second degree murder, there's reasons why people shouldn't be able to escape justice by a certain passage of time. So, you know, generally the more severe the crime, um, you're likely to see less of a statute of limitation or no statute of limitation at all. So, you know, first and second degree murder, attempted first degree murder, solicitation to commit murder, involuntary manslaughter, you know, treason, arson, forgery, um, those could all be in the no time limit so a prosecutor has free reign to pursue those claims. And, and maybe I'm getting a little too technical here, but when we talk about this time period of 18 months, three years, whatever it might be, when does that clock begin and end from, from the day the crime was committed up until the first charge is filed? Is that sort of the window that you're looking at? Well, that, that would be the window, but there are certain exceptions, again, in that one. See, there's um, uh, criminal offenses or criminal sexual assaults and abuse of children, okay, when that victim reaches 18 years of old, 18 years of age, that could start the clock running on when uh, the prosecutor could pursue those crimes. Okay, so um, mm-hmm. depends on whether or not the uh, the uh, incident was reported, uh, and it depends on um, you know when the when the victim turns 18 and what the crime is. But you know by by statute, we've allowed prosecutors to pursue claims that otherwise would have been stale under the felony three-year rule, okay? And so, mm-hmm. 
So depending on when it is and what the fence is, the stock starts that clock moving. Yeah, and we're gonna. I want to ask you about the prosecutor's view of this in a minute, but let me remind people we're talking with James Dore, a very experienced, knowledgeable criminal defense attorney who's practiced for several decades, many of them with uh, Lavelle Law. And uh, when we talk, I always like to send you over to LavelleLaw.com because you can get James's bio there, um, learn about his uh, accreditations and certifications and the work he does, as well as uh, catch all of our past podcasts that we've archived there. And we've been doing this for for a while now, and there's a nice collection. So LavelleLaw.com and find uh, James Dore there. Um, you mentioned prosecutors, and you and I always, you know, we look at things from the defense uh, position, but you always share thoughts on the prosecutors. Is this, I assume, a, a statute of limitations and something they keep in mind? It's sort of a uh, a target they have. They're they're busy. There's a lot of things happening, but if they want to pursue something, they they sort of have to pursue it on a on a relatively quick timeline to make sure they don't lose the opportunity. Is that is that how they would approach it? I agree. Uh, I, I think prosecutors are keenly aware of statutes of limitations and things like filing a speedy trial demand, which would further limit the amount of time they have to prosecute a case. They are keenly aware of time limits, and they try their best to get actions filed you know, under the clock or or find the exception, as we talked about, to the to the filing. So they're aware that cases can be dismissed based on that, and prosecutors hate losing cases based on something mm-hmm. like a dismissal. They if they would much rather face uh, a jury and, and facing a prospect of a not guilty from a jury than have something dismissed on, on a, what's a, what they would view as a technicality, a time frame lapsing. So prosecutors are keenly aware of that, and they look for pro, look for defendants that try to avoid uh, a process, you know, because if, if you're trying to avoid uh, prosecution by you know, leaving the state or you know, trying to evade prosecution, you're not going to be able to do it that way. So prosecutors mm-hmm. will be looking for that, who's in their jurisdiction. And again, they're, they're, they don't want to see a case dismissed that otherwise should be um, litigated in court. And is the, is the limitation absolute? And by that I mean is it, um, say there is a, a felony of some sort committed, uh, perhaps the uh, prosecutor does not gather enough evidence to to bring it to trial to file the charges, but later can they bring lesser charges, or is it um, you either meet the deadline no matter what you want to do, or you don't? Yeah, I think you meet the deadline, or you find an exception under the code that would allow Got you to it. prosecute in those cases. So, so, so for example, speedy trial demand. Now, if 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 they they technically, you know, say somebody's 180 days to get to trial, or it could be less if they're in custody. Whatever it is, let's just say there's there's trial date, okay, that's set, and they they can't, they're not ready for whatever reason on that 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 day that is, you know, say the final day. Mm-hmm. If there's there's certain allowable circumstances where they could show they had they pursued due diligently or diligently they pursued their claims, and there was a reason that they couldn't get you know, whatever witness to show for court, whatever the reason for the delay. They can show they they pursued their claim in due diligence. They can be granted an extension of time. It's all got to be by a judge and in the interest mm-hmm. of justice and all that good stuff. And prosecutors got to have a good reason. But there's certain ways to get around uh, 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 speedy trial demands. Um, but again, they're exceptions rather than the rules. And same thing with statute of limitations. There's a time frame set, and prosecutors got to bring that claim of action within that time frame or have a good reason why they did not bring that claim. And we've got a couple minutes left. I want to go back to something you mentioned uh, because uh, it's something in in today's headlines a little bit, and uh, we always like to cover those. You mentioned uh, 
some of the uh, cases that might involve uh, uh, child sexual abuse or things of that nature. Now, I seem to recall hearing recently that some legislative bodies are working on eliminating or extending the statute of limitations in those cases. Are we seeing a sort of a, a new look at some of those to always protect uh, as long as possible the, the children that might be facing some sort of uh, crime against them? Well, yeah, and again, it, it comes down to public policy. Uh, legislatures are going to want to protect those most vulnerable in society, and children are certainly those are most vulnerable. And um, in these type of crimes, uh, they don't want to see uh, sexual offenders escape prosecution simply by passage of time. So mm-hmm. they've they've um, opened the door to to litigation and prosecution of offenses that otherwise would have faced a statute of limitation hurdle in the past. So, but again, there, there's a lot of technical rules on these, but generally, as we talked about, the more serious the offense, uh, the more time the prosecutor is going to have to, to bring those charges. And in things like this where, you know, evidence might not come out till um, years later or things may not be reported till years later, um, this, the legislature is granted you know, some extra time to pursue these claims. And it can be up until as much as 20 years after a victim turns 18 years of, all, of age. So they, they have definitely addressed uh, uh, that, that um, I guess you'd call a loophole in the, crime, in the, in the law if you, um, on their end for trying to protect the most vulnerable in society. And before I let you go real quick, too, uh, we've talked mostly about criminal uh, cases here, but I think you mentioned as well that there is a statute of limitation for civil cases, and if people want to bring... Uh, a suit against someone else, they need to be aware of this as well and make sure they talk to their attorney on a timely basis. Absolutely. Civil claims, too. You want to tell your attorney right up front when, when the, the, you know, if there's an accident or whatever it is, where your claim, when it happened, so that that lawyer can know right away what, how much time they have that they're working with. You know, so it can be in civil claims, um, having a case dismissed for missing a deadline can be just as bad or just as uh, uh, upsetting as it would be for a prosecutor to have a case dismissed for those kind of grounds. Well, Attorney James Dorff, thanks so much for being with us. Always uh, great to talk with you and uh, certainly appreciate your insight. He's with us uh, every month here on Liberty and the Law. Uh, but if you don't want to wait till our next conversation, you'd like to follow up with him directly, 847-705-7555. Or as I mentioned, visit LaBelleLaw.com. Uh, you can find a way to reach out to James there and certainly look forward to having him back with us again for an upcoming conversation and look forward to having you join us as well as we continue our conversation here on Liberty and the Law.